Dear Prince, you must leave this castle at once and go seek your fortune in the wide world. Your life is in danger here. Why? asked Caspian. Because you are the true king of Narnia, Caspian X, the true son and heir of Caspian IX. Long life to your majesty. Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcasts, where we are doing a chapter-by-chapter deep dive into the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I'm Kel. And I'm Chase. And thank you so much for joining us today. Just a reminder today that we are talking about the fourth book in this series, quote, Prince, quote, Caspian. Uh, But general spoiler warning for the whole Narnia series, as well as a heads up that we do go on tangents into other stories that we enjoy. We'll do our best to give spoiler warnings along the way if there's anything too far out there. But today we're going to be discussing Quote, Prince, Caspian, Chapter 5, Caspian's Adventure in the Mountains. What an adventure. What a mountain. What a mountain. I don't remember any mountains in this chapter, actually. It's, the mountains seem to be an afterthought in a lot of these. uh, uh, Like we've said before, nomenclature of chapters and people, not C.S. Lewis's forte. Uh, But, you know, whatever. He just needs to stick to, uh, I don't know, writing Aslan scenes. (laughs) <laughs> just give us more Aslan for a series where like Aslan is probably on the cover of every single book or like of like a collection or anything like that. Aslan shows up a surprising, um, like small amount of the time during these books. He's really not the main character of this series. He too is an afterthought to our good boy, Clive. Clive, come on. But Chase, good boys. I'll give a heads up to the listener that I have a crazy dog in the background who will probably make noise during this podcast and Kel's recording from a phone because again, life is crazy. So life's life. Please have patience with us as we navigate these, these treacherous adventures in the mountains. Dear listener, all one of you, please bear with us. But Chase, in the meantime, while they're bearing, would you like to give us a summary of this chapter? Well, there's no bears until next chapter, but in this one, Caspian and his ah, tutor, right. yeah, yeah, that one, that one felt that was right. a good. Uh, Caspian and his tutor, uh, Doctor Cornelius, had many more secret conversations on the tower where he learned so much more about old Narnia, and it was all he could think or even dream about. At the same time, his education was getting into full swing uh, with the rest of his stuff, learning everything from sword fighting and horseback riding to alchemy and the theory behind magic, although it wasn't proper for a prince to learn the practical stuff. He also began to learn more through paying attention just around the house, like the fact that he realized the reason he didn't like his aunt is because his aunt clearly didn't like him. And also that Narnia is an unhappy place with high taxes. After several years, a time came when the queen seemed to fall ill. And then one night, Dr. Cornelius came into his room at night and told him to prepare for a long journey. They made his room look like he had been eating, and he hid his sword under his cloak, and they went to talk on the Great Tower. There, Cornelius revealed that Caspian, or or seemingly Prince Caspian, was actually Caspian the Tenth, the true king of Narnia. That King Miraz is a usurper. The doctor explained how the false king had originally called himself Lord Protector when his father died, but when Caspian's mother, the good queen, died as well, he began to remove all the old lords and insert himself as king. Caspian 
asks what changed and why he would be out to kill Caspian now. And Cornelius says it's because the queen has now had a son, so Caspian is no longer needed as an heir. Cornelius sends Caspian away alone to go to the king of Archenland with a purse full of gold and a horn that he says may have the power to call the old kings and queens of Narnia to his aid, but it should only be used at his time of greatest need. Caspian went down to his horse and rode away from the castle of his father as fireworks erupted for the birth of the new prince. Caspian rode through the forest, thinking of the stories of trees being unfriendly to men and the history of his people being at war with nature. Then he came into a storm where trees threw themselves at him and his horse spooked and rode hard and suddenly he was struck in the forehead and knocked out. He came to hearing three voices debating whether or not to kill him with one called Truffle Hunter saying, of course they weren't going to do that. He saw that Truffle Hunter is actually a badger, a talking badger. Cool. And the other two, Nickabrick, the dark-haired one and uh, who wanted to kill him, and Trumpkin, the red-haired one, were dwarves. These two were shorter and hairier and thicker than Dr. Cornelius, not a drop of human blood in them. Uh, and Caspian Head finally found the old Narnians. Yay! After a few days of recovering, the creatures discussed sending him back to his own kind. Caspian said, nah, don't do that because the king wants him dead. He reveals that he's actually the king's nephew, and this sets off Nickabrick angry and against having Caspian around at all, talking bad about the nurse and his tutor who told him about Old Narnia in the first place. The badger, Truffle Hunter on the other hand, said that talking beasts have a better memory than the dwarves, and he knew that Narnia was only right with a son of Adam as king. He believed that great good would come of the true king returning to true Narnia. This sets the dwarves off, questioning why Truffle Hunter believes all the stories about High King Peter and the rest, or even why anyone would really believe in Aslan nowadays. I mean, just look around. How could there be an Aslan? Lions don't exist. Caspian butts in to say that where he's from, there are people who don't even believe that old Narnians exist. He did, and here they are. So he believes in Aslan too, by the transitive property. Debate continued, but it ended with the agreement that Caspian could stay and hang out, and they would take him to meet the quote-unquote others because this is also lost. The old Narnians mm. hiding in the wilder parts of the land. And that's this chapter. Jace, uh, is this... Which which story is he ripping off here? Uh, uh, that that will be my further up and further in. It is clearly both Hamlet and the Lion King. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. So, there are no original stories. No, nothing new is under the sun. Uh, so Chase, we we come upon uh, Caspian, uh, and he's having a lot of secret meetings with uh, Mister uh, Professor Doctor Cornelius. Uh, this is like I'm uh, glad that he's getting taught things, but this is so sketchy. Yeah, I would say an inappropriate amount of secret meetings in the high tower by themselves, where no the one. Can point where that. every time Caspian sees him, he's like. Is it time for a secret lesson? Yeah. It just it feels, feels bad. It doesn't feel it like feels, a situation. feels very grooming, uh, you know, related. But, you know, luckily nothing bad happens. But, again, impressionable listeners, this is not good habits. Yeah. Don't meet strange men in high towers. Uh, don't be alone with people ever. Don't ever be alone with anyone. 
when you get married and go on your honeymoon, make sure you bring a buddy to make sure it's all safe. Yeah. What's crazy is, you know, Dr. Cornelius, like originally Caspian thought Dr. Cornelius was just, you know, a girl his age. Uh, and, you know, turned, <laughs> turned out he got catfished. Dr. Catfishius? Uh, catfishius? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're going to move past that one. But, uh, they, the yeah. Uh, but he's so he's learning about old Narnia in all of his spare hours, but there's not a lot of spare hours, Chase, because he's his education is extensive sword ride, fighting and uh horse riding and swimming and diving and bow and arrow and uh you know all the important things like playing the recorder. Uh, and, that was my uh, you know, school. I'm I'm glad that you know there's not a lot of difference between uh you know third grade American education. Uh, and the education of a future king, uh, like both of them still have to learn how to play the recorder, uh, which is important. Uh, but, you know, he's also being taught cosmography, which I guess is kind of like, like, like astronomy. Yeah, I feel like cosmography and astronomy are the same thing, but, you know. Or cosmetology. I don't know. Maybe he's learning how to do hair. Uh, not sure. But rhetoric and heraldry and ver versification. And of course, history uh, and like all these things, he's listing all the stuff uh, and, you know, only the theory of magic because, you know, proper magic wouldn't be, you know, proper for a, for a prince. Uh, and, you know, Cornelius is only an imperfect magician at that. He would need, uh, you know, an uncle uh, who's locked up and kind of crazy uh, for, you know, to find a real magician. Uh, yeah. but. And then, of course, the, the side comment of all side comments that, he doesn't get to learn navigation because King Moraz disapproves of ships in the sea. Man, I guess this, that really counts out the possibility of having a future episode with Caspian on a boat, huh? Man, you know, that's a real bummer if there's ever a, you know, a voyage, say. Like a, like a voyage of a boat that leaves kind of like not in the morning necessarily, but you know, maybe like the dawn like it's yeah. a dawn boat, like a like it's it's swimming. It's like a dawn treader. It's like a yeah. voyage of the yeah, dawn it treader on the ocean. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, with you. I'm with but we won't get any of that, I guess. Uh, but that I'm is, I do, I do like that as like a little like it's a it's I it's one of those things where I was like, I wish they hadn't had already had the reveal that like the uh, Telmarines did not like the ocean because that's Aslan. Like that's where Aslan's come from. Like I wish that these were subtle hints still, you know, trickled throughout. Cause that would have been a really fun little hint to be like, yeah, Miraz doesn't like the sea. And then later to be like, yeah, it's cause Aslan's there. Like, and so. also because he sent all of the people who didn't support him when he took power Ooh, off to dude. send them sail. But literally, like, not even drowning them. He just sent them off to sail and find somewhere else to live, which I guess is better than drowning them, but also it's less effective. Better than murder, directly. Because uh, I, I guess it could also win you rewards in the long run, but uh, potentially, I don't know. Uh, but that is fun foreshadowing for Voyage of the Dawn Treader because, you know, that's a significant part of why the Dawn Treader is voyaging. Yeah, I mean... I guess it also answers the question that I was going to ask in Don Treader of where did these people come from? Because that's always the question 
in Narnia books is where did all these humans come from? There aren't any humans in Narnia. What are you but, talking about, Chase? Uh, you know, are are you saying are you implying that Clive has you know painted himself into a plot corner? Maybe implying that Clive doesn't care that he painted himself into a plot corner. He just Clive's not a Chase. Clive's not even a painter. Threads right on through it. He's he's not a painter, Chase. He's a writer. What are you talking about? You're crazy. If he was a painter, he could at least like put a happy little tree over the mistake to make sure it looks mm. nicer. But yeah, you know. But he didn't. So what else? Uh, but Chase, I, you know, in in all of these studies and everything, I've discovered, you know, why I don't like Queen Prunaprismia. It's actually not because she dislikes me, though. That's true. It's because her name is still so stupid. Uh, yeah, which I uh, mean, props. You pronounce that better than I would have tried to. Yeah, uh, but no. So it turns out Queen Prunaprismia hates Caspian and that's why Caspian doesn't like her, which, you know, that tracks like that. I guess that that's, that's legit. I don't understand how like this is like, you're just realizing this now Caspian. I think it's really not super clear the way Lewis writes it, but he does like very quietly say also, this was over the course of several years and yeah, I think that does make sense as a like coming of age like track for him to slowly start to realize, oh, this is why things are the way they are. This is why the people seem unhappy because high taxes and stern laws and Moraz is not a cool guy. This is why I don't like my aunt because she actually just really do- doesn't like me and is mean to me. Um, yeah, it it feels like one of those things that like could have been done in a cool, like progressive, like, like here's the life stage building up sort of thing. But, but who's got time for that, Chase? Yeah. We've got to get to all the, uh, the walking through the woods in case you didn't yeah. think it was a C.S. Lewis book. C.S. C.S. Lewis is one. If he is one thing, it is someone who's going to spend some time in the wilderness. Uh, but before we get to the wilderness, First, we've got to understand why Caspian's leaving. And, you know, in, in one of their middle of the night meetings, uh, you know, Cornelius comes to Caspian. He's like, ooh, is it time for our, our rendezvous? Uh, and he's like, you need to uh, GT uh, out um, of, of, you yeah, know, this castle. Get the out. Get the uh, out. Uh, the baseball. That's a baseballism. That's a coach. Some, coaching baseball. It's a, uh, Get the yeah, out. It's. Narnian baseball. Uh, or is so it like uh, old English, like, get the out? Yeah, the, T-H-E-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cornelius is like, you need to leave immediately. Your life is in danger. And Catherine's like, what are you talking about, bro? And he's like, here's, a, here's some money. Uh, we've, I've already knocked out your guards with some sleeping potion. Because, you know, while I'm not a magician, I can at least put people to sleep. Which, like... For the guy who's waking up a teenager in the middle of the night to go have a secret rendezvous, the fact that he can also, you know, put people to sleep is not a great combo. Yeah. Uh, But we digress there. Uh, And so he's like, hey, you need to leave now. And he's like, why? Because your life is in danger. From whom? Uh, From your crazy uncle Mraz who wants to kill you. And he's like, what? Why? That's crazy. He would never. Uh, And it turns out he would. He would ever chase 
You know how your aunt has been kind of sick? It's actually pregnancy. The greatest like, again. I'm I'm starting to think that Caspian is not the brightest bulb in the closet. Um, he's not noticing that his aunt is pregnant. Like, how often are you seeing your aunt, bro? Like, oh man, like yeah. prunaprismia really letting herself go. <laughs> it it was a really weird, like hidden or like it was like he tried to do a cliffhanger within the middle of the chapter only to give it away the next page. <laughs> like two paragraphs. Like, yeah. Cause it, it was literally like, uh, yeah, it's weird. Queen Prisnia is been sick and people have been attending to her. And then the next day, I guess she is having a baby. I don't know. Does. How does the name of that work? That wasn't part of Caspian's lessons. <laughs> He was never taught about the reproductive cycle of humans. I mean, uh, actually, he was too busy. Raz's mission to keep uh, Caspian from taking back power. If Caspian doesn't know how to have children himself, Man. he can't have any more competing heirs. It's actually real smart. Honestly, honestly, a brilliant move by Uncle Scar. Uh, that's that's not bad. Uh, but you know, he's he's chilling. Uh, figures out, you know, oh, like you're going to die like because your aunt just had a baby and he's like, wait, that's great. I'm a, like, I've, I've got a cousin. That's super cool. Why, why would my life be in danger? And then dun, dun, dun. It's not actually Prince Caspian chase. As we've talked about the misnomer of this, of this book is the fact that he's King Caspian, the tent, the rightful heir, because you know, his dad was the King and somehow he didn't ever think about how succession works for Kings. Also, why didn't Dr. Cornelius ever think to maybe tell him this sooner? Like he literally says after giving him this huge reveal and like kneeling to him and all this stuff. It's like, I wonder why you've never asked me before. Why being the son of King Caspian, you're not King Caspian yourself. It's like, if his dad died when he was a baby, because that's how, that's how all stories start is your parent dying when you're young and sure. his mom died when he was young and no one has ever told him that he is supposed to be the successor. How would he know this? Yeah. It's a great question that, that we're just not going to, we're not going to address uh, because we're going to keep moving forward because he skips over. Like he, he goes real quick through this little story of Miraz uh, being like, yeah, when your, when your dad died and your mom died, like he took over and he was Lord protector at first and then progressively started getting more and more power. And, and then he sent away all of the people who were loyal to your dad and who would have been loyal to you, sent them out to the ocean. So they would die because Telmarines can't, you know, like steer a boat or swim, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and then He's like, oh, well, that's a bummer. But do you think that like he would actually kill me? He's like, well, you killed your dad. Record scratch. What? What? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and and also, then they just move on. No follow-up questions. Nope. He just goes, like, he like he, he says this, and then Caspian doesn't say anything. Uh, and then he's like, I can tell you the whole story, but not now. You've got to leave. When else is he going to tell the story, man? Like, yeah, it's it's very like writer cop out. Like, 
C.S. Lewis spends so much time on so much nonsense, but then also says things like, there's no time, get out of here. It's And then he's like, but won't you come with me? Because I don't know where to go. I've never been out of this castle. And he's like, no, no, no. Two can be more tracked than one. And he's like, maybe, but also two have more intelligence and can defend each other better than one. And one is the loneliest number. That's I've heard that. That's true. Two can be as bad as one, but one is still the loneliest number since the number one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels feels right. It also no, being tracked is not a concern at any point in in any of this. Like it it doesn't come up again. So it's weird well, to make a statement of it. He's like this is a you'll see that this is a great like preemptive strike from Cornelius where like he is not actively being hunted right now. There is no like the the movies kind of make this like the movie kind of makes this a little bit more suspenseful. Uh but like you know, he doesn't have guards waiting outside of his door to kill him. He's not been had like assassins sent after him, you know? Like he's going to leave the castle and there's like fireworks going on. Everyone's celebrating because the queen just had a baby. That's awesome. Uh, that's super neat, but no one's actively at this moment trying to kill him. They just, he's like, yeah, they probably will soon. It's not like in the movie where two guys with big conspicuous knives are coming up to his room to find it empty. It is not like that chase, but he, you know, agrees with Cornelius's not great logic and decides, all right, sweet. I'm going to leave. And Cornelius is like, here, before you go, here's two presents. One as a bag of cash, you know, have fun with that child who has never been taught, you know, how to spend money. Yeah. Uh, so into a place that doesn't use telmarine coins, but yeah, yeah sweet. Matter. Uh, and, and then two, here is the horn of Queen Susan. Uh, could work, could not. But, you know, I searched really far for this and I got it for you. If you blow it at the exact right time when it's you're in desperate need. It may work in bringing back, uh, you know, Susan and Peter and Edmund and Lucy. Why would he assume this? I don't know. Could bring back Aslan. That seems more likely. Uh, I mean, but. we've gone from it'll make sure help comes to here's the very specific magic thing that it does. Right. It is. Uh, this is. Uh, I think we can rename this the Horn of Plot Convenience uh, because that's you know. That's more or less what it is. Um, and he's like, okay, I wonder if this is going to get used later and, uh, you know, we'll bring people back. And then he goes on his journey and Chase, isn't that what we've really been looking forward to? I mean, gotta love it. Gotta love the classic stroll through the wilderness, stroll through the woods, look at those trees coming by. Um, I mean, this one pages of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, at least four. Yeah. It's, it, it's at least four pages of him traversing through the wilderness and going through the dark and, and you know, not knowing trees and looking at trees and having trees fall over and it's, thinking like, Oh man, like we're telmarines and we cut down all these trees. I wonder if trees are pissed off at us. And then wham, he gets knocked out. Yeah. Left and right. Also a storm whips up for some reason. Not sure if that's supposed to be natural or magic. Doesn't matter. The horse is spooked, so they're going fast. 
it it also disagrees with all the other comments in the book about how the trees are deep asleep and can't be woken up and they have no way to do anything about that maybe they're maybe they're sleep walking but like trees so they just kind of sleep punch and things like that yes sleep punch i i remember every now and then playing pokemon if you've got a pokemon that's sleeping you can get it to attack even though it's asleep well chase i mean i have been sleep punched by my wife several times uh, she at least claims sleep sleep punching uh, you know, jury, aggression from the argument jury jury so i'm pretty sure she smirked and laughed before uh but that was asleep as well who knew uh but um so he you know gets knocked out by this tree <clears throat> and he wakes up to the sound of three voices chase uh and it's a you know dim lit room it's kind of dark he doesn't know what's going on and he wakes up to these voices of these people trying to determine what to do with them. One is obviously very pro murder, uh, which is, you know, that's a, it's a move. Uh, and the other also going to be his character trait through the rest of the book. Yeah. He's got some real questionable things that are going to come up, uh, in this chapter and the next, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll deal with those as they come, but he's very pro murder. And then the other two are, you know, not as quick to, to do that. One of them is obviously on the side of like, no, we need to just let him free. And then one of them is like, I don't know. Like, so you, you're getting three different perspectives here. And then he like Caspian is trying to figure out what's going on. And then the fire flicks up and behold, it was not a man's face that, you know, the first one, the one that's, you know, very kind and pro Caspian, uh, but it was actually a badger chase. What? And, you know, if we know anything about honey badgers, they don't care. They're, but but apparently this badger does care. So it's it's kind. Uh, uh, and the other two are dwarves. One of them uh, with black hair and dark features. One of them with red hair and red features. Uh, and uh, the, Can you guess, based on the way they look, what their personalities are going to be? Chase, uh, unfortunately... This is written in the 1950s, and I think we can. Uh, the quote, the black dwarf, yeah. Is, yeah. is the one that wants murder. Yeah, which I don't like it. what C.S. Lewis means, at least based on the description in the drawings, is black hair. But it's still a problem. Still a problem. Don't like it. Um, can we just, like, yeah, we're just going to move on from that one. I mean, it's uh, like any Disney movie where you can always tell who the bad guy is because, because they've got big, dark, bushy eyebrows and dark hair and because everything is racist always, their skin tone is shaded a little bit darker than all the other characters. Like, like again, think Scar in The Lion King. Like, you know he's the bad guy by looking at him. And it's not yeah. Scar. And you know what sucks is like scar like his name is scar was his name that was his name scar before the scar or are people just mean i i have to think that people are just mean but at the same time i i have no evidence to say that his name is not just scar <laughs> and then they it's gave him the scar. Policy, but i don't know man but uh 
but yeah, so this is, it is what it is. Yeah, we need and, a Lion King too to come and clean this up and say not all lions, not, not all. all. <laughs> oh man! Well, that's there, uh, and so. Hashtag uh, Donald Lions. Let's get this uh, going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's oh, uh, no. it's also problematic in a different different direction. Yeah, it's it is what it is. Uh, but we're gonna move forward. We're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna don tread our way through this. Uh, and so we learned that the badger's name is Truffle Hunter, and he was the oldest. And the, what's up? I wonder what he does in his free time. I think he hunts for truffles, man. Uh, it's it's a it's a name that I don't I don't mind this name because it seems like fantastical and like an animal name. You know, uh, like what do badgers do? They they probably eat truffles. Uh, but maybe uh, the expensive the, snack. But. The angry dwarf uh, is uh, his name is Nickabrick. Uh, N i k a b r i k. Want to make sure that that is. Uh, that is out there, uh, and the other dwarf, uh, his name is Trumpkin. Now, Chase, we've already met Trumpkin. Trumpkin is our is the guy who's telling this story. Ah, uh, so, uh, see, I did not catch that. Yes, uh, Trumpkin is uh, is Peter Dinklage, uh, and like so, what what we have here, and you'll see this in this chapter, and the next chapter, and really throughout the book. Is you get this is what I I do really like about these three characters because there's a lot to be annoyed with, but uh, what I like about these characters is you get three very different perspectives and ideologies. Uh, you have Truffle Hunter, the the faithful, the the one who though has never seen Aslan, who has never seen Peter and Susan and the rest. Uh, he is faithful. He is. Uh, you know, faithfully awaiting the return of the king, quote unquote. You know, uh, and then you have the the other end of the spectrum in Nickabrick, uh, who is the the you know the proud like non-believer who is like, no, this is all foolishness. Like everything is practical, uh, and like you know, there is there is no Aslan. There is none of these things. Like all that matters is how we're treated, and then you have the healthy skeptic in Trumpkin. Uh, you have the person who's like, "Ah, oh, these things could be real, but you know, I, I, I like I need to see some evidence." And can say, yeah, who can say? You know, so you'll you're going to see these three really uh, balanced with each, with each other throughout this book. Yeah, it is interesting the uh the comment that truffle hunter makes about badgers having longer memories than dwarves which could be another piece in the weird racism puzzle of doing like species as allegories but if you set that to the side and think of it just as like societal groups and say like yeah oh like look you're just having a short memory right now. You've got to think about a larger picture of things. He does give a good commentary on the way that even like our own generational memory works, where 
sometimes we need to take a step back and look at the broader picture and say, okay, well, is, is the narrow thing that we're focused on right now really the entire picture or is there a broader history of trend lines that we could use as evidence for Truffle Hunter that is things like the high kings and queens of Narnia and that sons of Adam are meant to be on the throne and that Aslan is the true king of Narnia and the ruler and is real and all this stuff whereas the the dwarves in this situation are more narrowly focused on well no all we've ever known is this current setup and that sucks so we're just going to do whatever it takes to make it different whereas trouble hunter is like well no i remember the way it's supposed to be and and so there's a better way than just the ends justifying the means yeah now let's let's dig into that because so we uh they're talking and cast and says, well, I don't even want to go back. Like y'all are acting like, like you haven't even asked like what I, like what my goal is. Like I'm running away from them. And they're like, why would you run away? Like, and he's like, well, I'm actually the King's nephew. Uh, and Nick Brick responds, well, it's like, well, if you're, you know, a Royal line, like we, like we should even, we should kill you even quicker. Like your enemy. And then he's like, well, you would just be doing King Mraz's job. And that's when Nick Brick's like, ah, well, I don't like that. Like, he's like, dang it. Some solid now we've come psychology. <laughs> you've you you may have won this debate, little little lordling. Uh, but they they get into this and uh, kind of start talking through like the like what are they to do? Because they find out that you know Caspian is who he is, uh, and they're like, well, should we like you know Nickerbreaker is like, well, you know, I don't like this. You know, the Telmarines are the ones who have made things bad for everyone. Uh, and they like Trouble Hunter's like, well, you know, he is actually the true king of Narnia. And if he's, you know, pro Narnians, like this could be really good for us. Uh, and like, this is how things are supposed to be. Uh, and so they, they, they're having this argument. Uh, and like, it is they they come to a point that Truffle Hunter has some interesting, like, like it's a weird way of communicating this. It's right near the end of the chapter and they're talking about these things and Truffle Hunter's like, well, you'll be my king and I'll be loyal to you. Long life to your majesty. And Nickerbrick is like, tell me this, like Caspian, uh, tell Marine, uh, have you hunted beasts for sport? <laughs> Which is a great question. Uh, like, yeah, that honestly, a that's a very fair question. And Caspian's like, yeah, definitely have done that. And Truffle Hunter now goes into like, it, he's giving me real like, like oh, but like he's a really good guy vibes. Like you, you don't know him. Like he's like excusing it. Like he's like yeah, but you know, like everyone knows that like the regular animals of Narnia they they don't count. They're they're stupid. They're they're not even like they're they're you know whatever. And it's like you're going down a dangerous path here, Truffle Hunter. Yeah, it's. It is weird to agree with Nickabrick on this one because he goes with the root of it's all the same thing whether you're killing a talking beast or a non-talking beast. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it's really just because they're dumb, witless, and smaller, which feels like a bad standard to set for who deserves to die or who deserves to live. Um, yeah, 
but also that is the standard of Narnian logic that we've been given from the magician's nephew on. Like, so it, it's weird. It's a weird situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's tough. You know, I think a talking it's, cow should be raising non-talking cows for food. Yeah, that seems I think weird. It's also a Family Guy plotline. Not not positive, but I have a memory of this. <laughs> it easily could be, uh, but they have this you know conversation, and they ultimately they keep debating for a while, and they ultimately decide that it's time to make Caspian go see the others, which we assume. Uh, are the other Narnians that are in hiding uh, to go and rally support, I guess. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Super fun heist. I, it, Maybe. I it, What's the community, purpose? Community organizing. Community organizing. Uh, you know, it's, it's a rally, some would say. Uh, but, you yeah. know, it is what it is. But but chase would you like to take us further up and further in i guess so uh now for my further up and further in uh like i mentioned earlier just wanted to point out that uh this is in fact ripping off shakespeare it's the story of a prince whose uncle secretly killed his father so now the prince must avenge him with the help of a couple of kooky friends uh so clearly the Lion King, and therefore Hamlet. Um, and a lot of modern literature alludes to or even blatantly rips off Shakespeare. It's because he deals with all the themes that our modern stories really center on. Things like love and betrayal and power and secrecy, even even things like depression and anger and, and stuff that even more modern stories delve into even deeper. It Shakespeare really is the OG of all of this stuff. Like he doesn't pull punches and his plots are very compelling. And so throughout the history of storytelling, he's kind of the immortal bard. And, and it's, it really has been the uh, thing that has been a trend line through a lot of, like, if you look at Disney movies, if you look at, your modern stories you you can find threads of shakespeare there and this book doesn't try very hard to hide it when you actually get into the plot which this chapter reveals absolutely yeah mine is is really similar to yours chase uh where uh though it's a i think the hamlet um references are obviously much more blatant and noticeable here uh, I do. I, I also think that he is, uh, it's the biblical illusions that he keeps carrying on. Uh, and because this is, these are the, you know, the first like Kings and, you know, the succession line uh, that is coming after Peter and, uh, and, and the gang, the Telmarines are, um, this is for me, I, I want to talk a little bit about the the metaphors to Saul and David, uh, where it is the, it, the the king that was you know selected or the king that is there but is you know built on anger and conquest and war uh, versus the rightful king the king who has the heart of the people the king who has the blessing of uh, you know quote unquote Aslan slash you know or the Lord um, and what what happens 
whenever like Saul starts hunting uh, David, he hides in the wilderness. He goes and rallies with the peoples uh, that were enemies to the throne uh, and is uh, like starting to gather support from them. And we're going to see a lot of that in the coming chapters of how he's building support and how he has the blessings of Aslan and of the Narnians with him. Uh, but I think a lot of this story, you see some Saul, David uh, metaphors as well. Um, we've talked about this before. Uh, C.S. Lewis, J.R. Tolkien, they are very comfortable and very open with how they borrow from other pieces of literature. Chase mentioned Shakespeare. Uh, you know, we, the, the biblical allusions are, you know, throughout this book or these books in particular, the, the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, but how they're also borrowing from each other. You know, Aragorn is the, the king who is re- like he is hiding in the wilderness until his right moment to come and take the throne of Gondor. Like they're borrowing from each other and they, they do a lot of things together because these are plot lines that people resonate with and want to hear about. Um, but uh, that's my further up and further in, but chase uh, you know, it's, it's getting late and uh, I, I know that you've been sleeping, but I'd love to have a, you know, a late night podcasting session with you at the top of this tower uh are you free uh are you a badger um i'm whatever you want man uh i can i can i can do whatever i need to be uh but uh as we're heading up there uh you know we actually might need to make haste because uh, you know podcast is ending soon uh you know and uh chase while, while we're you know in, in in a rush can you make sure that the people know where they can you know, find more of our podcasts and help uh, how they can help us out. Yeah, while you make your way down the stairs, you're already sat on a horse. Uh, you can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, really wherever you find your podcasts. And while you're there, you could, uh, I don't know, maybe give us five stars, uh, leave a review if you like the podcast. You could also find us on Instagram at Chronicles of Podcast, where you can see when we post new episodes and engage with us there. We love to hear from you. Right on. In the meantime, y'all have a great one. Bye. What, what, what can... Uh, three people who listen to this really expect from us <laughs> we're doing our best guys yeah. like or guy i don't know yeah i mean you're it is exclusively guys it could be i mean i when i say guys i use it you know non-discriminately but it's like, like could be anyone <laughs>